but yeah, generally, what I think, yeah, going back to what Eric said, when I think Grimdark, I'm like, you know, quote the Raven, Nevermore, and all that jazz. The beating heartbeat in the floor. Yeah, like, like I mean, nobody considers it that way anymore. Oh, what a bunch of softies. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I must not understand what Grimdark is because. I guess I'm just showing my age. Right? <laughs> I would never have characterized Poe as Grimdark. Dark. <laughs> but not Grimdark. Okay. How about Stephen King? Hello, and an aesthetically satisfactory diurnal course to all the nerdish persuasion of this or any other world, as well as the casually curious. Welcome to episode 8.21 of the Story for Nerds podcast, the show featuring a group of sci-fi and fantasy authors who not only love to discuss the latest adventures in books, TV, film, video games, anime, and all their forms of nerd entertainment, but who read and collaborate stories as well. I am Scott Parkin, and I have the pleasure of being here with Abby Goldsmith. Hello, hello. Eric Johnson. I have returned. And Raphael M. Jordan. <laughs> Scott, I don't like it when you use big words. <laughs> what? Diurnal course? Come on. Uh, uh, no, hey, uh. hey. Hello and a good yeah. day. <laughs> An aesthetically satisfactory diurnal course. A good day. No, there it goes again. No, we're, we're so, simplify for us, common folk, please. But yes, thank you for the introduction, Mr. Parkin. But welcome to this episode of the Story Service Podcast. And we are going to be having a nerdy chat episode where we are just going to be discussing the latest nerdy stuff that all the authors on the panels have been up to and we are in fall season so i'm sure there's plenty of stuff that we've been dabbling in because we got a whole plethora of like new series uh new tv series that are starting new seasons uh, uh video games uh they start wrapping up well well i was about to say they start wrapping up but this year has been ongoing <laughs> just an ongoing onslaught of month after month of bangers and stuff. But we also got some uh, uh, films coming out in the pipeline as well. But before we get to that, we always like to do some uh, updates with the authors on the panel and seeing what they've been up to on the running front of stuff. So starting with Miss Abby Goldsmith, what have you been up to on the running front? Yeah, I'm still going strong on the next series. Um, I guess I'm about 18 or 19 chapters into it. So on it goes. It's Magic has been discovered, and that's fun. Mm. Yes. Wait, 19 chapters in, and Magic has finally been discovered? It was around chapter 15, I'd say. Oh. And this is a fantasy novel? Yes. Yes. Epic no, I mean, lit. no, ma- magic exists in the world, but the main character is in a corner of the world that's kind of backwards. It's not very well educated. Um, he's kind of living in, in this like beyond the wall Westeros type of situation. Uh... Um, <laughs> so he really doesn't know what's going on in the Roman Empire type of thing. Um, however, the Roman Empire is coming to him because they're going to conquer his entire part of the world. That's a spoiler, sorry. 
<laughs> what? But, yeah, yeah, but they have magic. They have a lot of magic. And um, magic, it's a lot of bureaucracy. Magic isn't working so well these days with them, but they're still conquering because they need magic fuel. And his part of the world has plenty of that. Oh, So okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but he doesn't know any of that. He's just a 17-year-old who, you know, his family just got horribly murdered. And <laughs> he's got a, you know, his, his life's been a little little rattled, a little shook up. And um, he just, a little rough, yeah. And he just got access to a library. He loves to read, much like many of my readers and myself. And yeah, you know, like he's been looking up books and he's figuring out how magic works. Unlike anybody else in his part of the world. So he just figured out a spell. Anyway, it's fun. Figuring out a spell. Okay, okay. Interesting start. Sounds very promising, but... Well, well, it's great to hear that you're back in the writing seat of things. Let those creative juices flow, getting getting off of the critical aspect of writing uh, after that long hiatus. So, I know, isn't it refreshing? Yeah, it's it's sanity inducing. You yeah, know, you, you get back to <laughs> yeah. It's nice to be able to focus on the problems of some fantasy character in your fantasy world. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Right on. And what about you, Mr. Parker? What have we been telling the right front? Um, I went on a, a weird spaghetti western kick. Okay. Um, and watched the uh, both of the uh, Sergio Leone trilogies, uh, the Good, the Bad, the Ugly trilogy, and the um, the other one he did. Anyway. <laughs> That's the um, one that most people know him for, but yeah. The one that ended with, uh, actually, I only watched two out of the three, so never mind. But yeah, so you have uh, um, Hang 'em High, um, uh, some which was based on Yojimbo, um, and it's two sequels. Then you had the uh, Fistful of Dollars for a few dollars more, and Good, Bad, and the Ugly, which is. A different trilogy. Anyway, watch those because uh, I was getting into this whole idea of the man with no name and or the strange stranger who comes into town and exposes the underlying rot while also helping to improve it. Um, and having a really interesting, complicated relationship with the uh, story structure, because I'm trying to figure some things out again. I'm always trying to figure things out. That's my nature. Uh, always thinking, never doing. Oh, well, it is who I am. Also watched, um, I have tried and failed to watch Tiger and Bunny, which everyone keeps telling me is really entertaining. And I keep getting to episode three and just can't take it anymore. Scott, this time I got all the way through it. Scott, we're talking about writing projects, not the nerdy stuff just yet. Oh, I'm sorry. We're we're writing projects. My bad. I am so sorry. (laughs) I I brain farted entirely. Anyway. You said Western Spirit. I was like, oh, Scott's writing a Western. See, part of the problem is is that I'm not writing a Western, but I am writing a story about a character who is dark. I mean, it was kind of interesting, uh, uh, our prior conversation, 
is this idea of dark and the fact that working on my dragon novel, I have really gotten stuck because either I'm afraid to take the character too dark. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. it's a character who has been entirely rejected by her society. But she is not a dark character. Right. So it's part of why I've been kind of trying to explore this stuff. And that's actually, that's exactly what led me to the, to the Sergio Leone stuff is that it explores kind of that idea from the other side. And, and so I was kind of trying to figure out how do you write these stories of these very difficult characters with difficult pasts? Cause that's the mm-hmm. thing you get, you know, once upon a time in the West, that's really a lot of very broken characters. Right. Um, but even even like the the you know hang 'em high, um, the whole idea of the posse coming to hang a guy that they suspected of cattle rustling without bothering to go through the process, and he gets his revenge on them. Mm-hmm. Were they evil? No, they were excessively zealous. <laughs> that's um, a little, that's a little but they were good. pursuing what they believed to be a righteous task because based on the information they had they thought they were correct turns out they weren't mm. but they violated the law while maintaining what they believed to be a superior ethic and that becomes a really interesting question so I, i've been trying to figure that out i apologize for the brain farting on the other thing um but so Having said all of that, I did a lot of reading, a lot of watching, and not a lot of writing this time. So there you go. Okay. A lot of reading. Sometimes, uh, sometimes you gotta be in research mode. Speaking of which, um, I'm I'm trying to get familiar with all of these uh, otherworldly lores and stuff because um, our latest story by nerds story called Surprise Inspection has me going for a loop and. Um, I was supposed to just be, I should have just focused on one, like, Lord, the, the, the one that we're actually studying on, but then I went down a rabbit hole. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Why did I do that? And then I'm like, okay, Raphael, look, this is going to be a 6,000-word minimum story. You cannot fit all of this within it. But still, I, it's, it's a blessing curse because I, I think we talked about before like one of the one of the funnest funnest things about doing these stories about mythological creatures is like doing the research about it and finding like all these different interpretations all these different stories especially when it's a lore that you're not too familiar with so it's it's it I'm, I'm having I, I was just having a heyday of like just finding out like all these things uh, about the like uh, Spanish uh, myths and, and, and lores and creatures that go bump in the night and stuff. But um, so, so yeah, to that end, Scott, uh, yeah, lots of, lots of reading, research reading. Lots of but, research, yeah. 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 But fun research, man. I love that stuff. Seriously. Um, how about we, before we get into the, 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 the fun meaty stuff of the nerdy chat, how about we do some, Nerdy news where we offer some sci-fi and fantasy book recommendations along with updates in their culture. So first book recommendation that we have is okay, I lost my link. <laughs> oh no, where did it go? I see it. It's the ghouls, ghouls of Hell there. 
Yes, the ghouls of Hellfire. Thank you, guys. Uh, and this is from author Nick Tomlinson. And uh, yeah, with since it's the the ghoulish time of the year, we we've been focusing on on Halloween theme books. This one is a little um. Uh, uh, or a little more lighthearted, so this is probably something that uh, not only adults can read, but uh, probably uh, be uh, accessible for middle grade le- readers. But uh, the scary legends are about to come true. Molly Thompson has lots of questions. Questions like, is her Aunt Carol an undead fiend who drinks the blood of the living? Is she secretly lurking in the attic? And is Molly's friend Laurie a descendant of a long line of Croglin werewolves? Serious young historian Molly suspects the creepy legends about her tourist town of Halfair are starting to come true. But when her mother bans her from doing any further research, she must enlist the help of her two best friends to try to keep Halfair safe. Laurie and her own beloved cat, Gabriel. It seems that someone is secretly trying to summon Halfair's myth mythical monsters and with the election of a new town mayor looming everyone and everything is becoming increasingly suspicious so once again this is the ghouls of how fair from author nick tomlinson and this is available on amazon okay we got a bit of gaming news and with between now and our next episode but uh, between the well i actually by the time when does this come out? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. By the time you guys get this episode, uh, Marvel's Spider-Man 2 will be available exclusively on the Sony PlayStation 5. So Spider-Man, Peter Parker, and Miles Morales return to an exciting new adventure in the critically acclaimed Marvel Spider-Man franchise for PS5. Swing, jump, and utilize the new web swings excuse me, web wings, to travel across Marvel, New York. Quickly switching between Peter Parker and Miles Morales to experience different, well, I just got a nasty pop-up, different stories and epic new powers as the iconic villain Venom threatens to destroy their lives, their city, and the ones they loved. Okay, so... Eric, I imagine that you are going to be checking this out when once this becomes available. Oh, yeah, I've already pre-ordered it. Oh, you're one of those. Okay. Yep. Um, okay. <laughs> well, so again, this is Spider-Man 2 available on the PS5, and it is going to be available, well, today. So, Sony PS5 owners, be sure to check that out. Um, the other nerdy news, we're actually going to skip one and come back to it, but Super Mario Brothers Wonder is going to be available on the Nintendo Switch. So the fun starts, oh, actually, today, same day. So yeah, uh, we got a lot of exclusive, uh, exciting exclusive uh, uh, titles coming out on these consoles. So you get to jump into the unexpected world with oh excuse me jump into the unexpected with mario so classic mario gameplay is turned on its head with the addiction uh addition excuse me of wonder flowers and the super mario bros wonder game uh this is a multiplayer game if i recall correctly is that is that right eric okay yep up to four players up to four players and you get to pick from a plethora of iconic mario characters of course uh and one 
we we uh, we we have to include the Mario Brothers themselves, Mario and Luigi. But you also get to pick uh, Peach, Daisy, and the Toad and a Toadette. So once again, be sure to check that out. Looks like a lot of fun. It's a uh, it's a uh, I guess you would consider it a traditional Mario game. It's two D side scrolling. So, but yeah, it looks pretty cool. It looks cool. I play Mario Party with a bunch of friends, and we're looking forward to playing that together. Oh yeah, right on. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, uh, if you got a P, uh, excuse me. Ooh, wow. Please, please don't come at me, Nintendo fans. <laughs> if you have a Nintendo Switch. Be sure to check out the Super Mario Bros. Wonder. All right. And, but if you need to check out something in the theaters between our next episode, uh, episode on October 27th, Five Nights at Freddy's will be available in theaters. And why are you shaking your head? Don't be like that. It'll be fun. It'll be great. You'll enjoy tell me that it. After you, okay, you go see it and tell me how you like it. Hell no, I ain't going to see it. What are you <laughs> <laughs> All right. A troubled security guard begins working at Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. While spending his fi- his first night on the job, he realizes the night shift at Freddy's won't be so easy to make it through. So once again, this is Five Nights at Freddy's, and it will be available in theaters. And this is based on the popular horror video game of the same titles. There's actually been a series of, of games in this IP. Uh, Scott, do you know if any of your kids have played any of these? No? Okay. Five Nights at Freddy's, it's a... Um, Eric, are you familiar with it? Yes. Oh, 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 is there a story? No, I've never played it. It's just, is it, I've seen people play it. It's a terrifying game. I've played it, well, I've played it on uh, Oculus. Um, You've played it on Oculus? Why? Lord, man. It's a terrifying experience because it is a game optimized for a VR environment. Yeah. Because you're just spinning your head around and trying to figure out what's going on. And you're looking at the monitors over here and you're hearing the noise over there and you're not hearing the noise over there, which means it's time to get scared. It's, it's a, yeah. It's yeah, a game where you're, I bet <laughs> you're supposed to die at least uh, 35 times just because. No, man. No, I didn't even know that it was available on Oculus. I mean, this it's the perfect game for that, but just because you should doesn't mean that. I mean, yeah, just because you can't doesn't mean that you should. Oh, no. When did you, uh, when did, uh, when did you play that? Um, relatively recently, it's it's been probably okay. five or six months ago. Oh, um, okay. <sighs> yeah, my uh, my now eighteen year old bought himself a, a, a headset, and uh, that was one of the very few worthy games available on it. So we, me and the other uh, youngins, spent uh, spent a happy day passing the head the the goggles around playing. Uh, as long as we could, which is about two and a half minutes a shot. <laughs> <laughs> For what it's worth, you guys probably made it longer than I did. The instance I put them, the instance I probably would have put the headphones, on, the, 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 head, the, the headset on, I'm like, okay, nope, I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed it for what it was. <laughs> Having watched Willy's Wonderland, which is the 
um, Nick Cage knockoff of that. I don't know that I can see a movie working for me now. You know what? Yeah, I can appreciate that. And that's the thing about movies based on video games. The video games tend to be so much more terrifying because of the interaction, the the interactivity that you have in the video game. Because it's more, even even when it's in the third person view, it's still, you still can't separate the character from being you. So anything that's happening on the screen is not happening to the character. In some context, it's happening to you. And when you go watch uh, watch a series like, for example, Resident Evil, just one that comes to the top of my head, it's not quite as scary because you're watching everything happen to other people. So I'm inclined to think that Five Nights at Freddy's probably isn't as scary as the video games, but I have no intent of finding out. I'm just going to go on that assumption and leave it at that. Thank you very much. (laughs) But whatever the case, folks, if you want to stay up to date with our sci-fi and fantasy book recommendations, along with updates in their culture, be sure to check out the storiesforners.com website, along with our social media outlets, that being Twitter, formerly known I mean, X, formerly known as Twitter, and our Facebook group. Goodness gracious, I'm never going to get used to that. Okay. All right. Seriously. But, all right. Coming back full circle, back to the Nerdy Chat episode. So, Scott, uh, you know what? You you were actually giving us a start on that. (laughs) Well, pick up where you left off. (laughs) I will be silent now for the rest of the episode because I am so full of chagrin. It's not... uh... Hard to express the degrees of wow, I feel stupid that are, that are racing through my mind right now. Okay, so guy, we are pushing close to 200 episodes, and the fact that this is the first time that happened, I think we're doing good. <laughs> so, picking up where I left off, I, tr- I, I have failed utterly to watch Tiger and Bunny until this time, and I got through it, and I still don't like Barnaby, and I still don't like anyway. <laughs> But I did get all the way through it. The three-episode rule is a really interesting problem because in that particular anime, I watched exactly three episodes. The problem is it's halfway through the fourth episode that it finally picks up. Oh, oh, oh no. Mm. For me, or that it did for me at least. Okay. So, anyway. so did you? So did you end up watching more after that or? Um. I started the uh, season two um, okay, and got like two and a half minutes into the first episode, right? Uh, just setting up the characters, got through the opening credits, which is about six minutes in and, uh, and paused it because I had watched the entire season in essentially an extended setting. So I, oh, I watched gotcha. the entire first season, 25 episodes in right. one physical day. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, I, I, I did, I got into this weird old movie kick to start the to start the, the period, um, and ended up watching, I watched something else and I'm not coming up with what it was. Was it another Western? It wasn't. It was, 
and I'm not, that's why I got a little bit confused because I was looking for it in, in the activity logs of, of Netflix and Crunchyroll and, and uh, Funimation trying to find it and I'm not finding it. So I must've watched it somewhere else mm. and darn if I can figure out what it was or where I watched it, which means it must not have stuck with me that much. Um, did end up watching the rest of the first season of uh, Ancient Magus's Bride, which I had never done before. I thought I had watched the first season. It turns out I had only watched three episodes and stopped. Which one is that? Ancient, Ancient Magus's Bride. Bride. How'd you like it? I really enjoyed it, and I will watch season. You know, I I started to watch the the first OVA, the three episode OVA, and um, um paused because I was doing something else and haven't gotten back to it, but not because I'm not interested, but because I just got doing other things. A lot lot of other things. Um, Gotcha. Um, I've never heard of that one. What's the premise behind that? Well, speaking of dark, um, Uh (laughs) the concept of the ancient Magus's bride is it's an end. It's a second world fantasy that looks a lot like Victorian England, except that it is also set somewhat in modern times, or at least with modern technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is that there are, well, basically it's, it's human trafficking. A, a girl who t- turns out to be what they call a, uh, a slave uh, AKA a proto fairy um, is captured and sold at auction. Mm. Um, she is permitting it because she has lost all hope because her mother committed suicide in front of her and told her before she did that she's sorry she ever gave birth to her. Well, Jesus, okay, yeah, that's grim dark. It starts really, (laughs) really dark. And what the story is, is she's purchased by an ancient mage who is animalistic um, the form he takes is, is a very tall man wearing a um, some sort of horned animal skull as his face. Uh, we don't know what he looks like because we never see him. Um, he's an elemental. He's a, a force of nature. He's, and as such, he is not human and has no sense of human emotions. So you've got this emotionally destroyed young woman owned by an emotionally bereft uh, creature of nature. And it's the story of how they discover their own humanities, their separate identities in the interaction. Uh, And it's a really, really powerful story. Uh, I was about to say, it sounds like it starts you down like at the very, very bottom. Yeah, only it, to it starts up. Well. Yeah, I kind of gave away half the really dark elements of it there, but but that's kind of the point because she is she is essentially suicidal, um, and she can't believe that this guy doesn't want to use her as a slave. That instead right. he has actually purchased her as a bride. Oh, man, I've always wanted to write a story like that. And she doesn't believe it because she doesn't believe that she can be loved. Um, Because her father and abandoned her, taking her little brother with him. And her mother committed suicide rather than continue to 
be around her. See, I found it because what was it? Um, I was watching an anime movie in one of the theaters, and you know how they do the, those previews? Yeah. It's like Crunchyroll had a three episode preview, and that came out. I was like, this is really good. I was like, it's kind of it starts dark, but the story is just, it's like hits the feels. Right. Right. And that's, and I really, yeah. Right. No, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, that, please, this is the conversation. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it, it hits the feels so much. And, like, it, it really is because it's also one of those um, – I, I kind of equate him a little bit. He's called the the Thorn Mage. Right. I equate him to a little bit of Doctor Who because he's kind of like – magic to him is everyday thing. But he's getting joy seeing magic through her eyes as she's finding the wonder, like rediscovering the wonder of life through this magical world. And part of what's happening to him is he is discovering, right? Because having, being an elemental, being a force of nature, I don't mean elemental in the sense of, you know, air, fire, water. I mean, elemental in the sense of fundamental being. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. He is, mm-hmm. he's the animal spirit made flesh. Um, but he, he has, right. Like Eric says, he has access to so much power and always has had it. So his ability to interact with people, he's curious, but he doesn't know how to deal with certain things. So as he's interacting with her, and he does care for her to the best of his ability as a guy who doesn't know what love is. Mm -hmm. But who feels it, he feels jealousy, he feels kind of childish, childish rage as he gets jealous of her time with other people and he doesn't know how to deal with it. And this, this sounds right up my alley. Them yeah, discovering no, their it own crunch- humanity. Is it not on Crunchyroll? This- it is. Yeah. It's okay. on Crunchyroll. Maybe I it, ancient, Ma- ancient, ancient Magnus Bride. Ancient oh, Magnus Bride. Okay. M-A-G-U-S apostrophe. I think they're on season three now. Season three. Four seasons. Holy crap. That's, that's what led me to it is, well, they've, they've released two seasons and two OVAs and season three is now airing, I think. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, there, there, there's a, there's enough ahead. Highly, highly recommended. It is. Sounds great. It but the story is amazing. Bit, but it yeah. also is that sense of wonder as well, right? Because mm-hmm. we fully immerse in the various mythologies, fairy, uh, gnomes, elves, um, you know, the, the tree people, the dragons, the the right. Uh, and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of thoughtful sadness because life is ultimately transitory, even for the magical creatures. Mm. But how they variably deal with it is is part of, right, they're all learning from each other as they're all coming up against their own fundamental limitations of viewpoint. Right. Yeah, so I, I, this isn't really a spoiler, but I remember one scene, it's like um, she befriends a creature and the creature is near the end of its life. It just wanted kind of a friend. Specifically. Yeah, yeah it... it kind of passes away and the Magnus is like, that's life. That's just life. And, and, you know, then they have kind of a really heartfelt moment of like, why are you crying? And she kind of gives this really heartfelt explanation. And he's like, huh, I didn't think about it at that point of view. Right. And it's not that he's incapable is that he has never had reason to consider it before. So yeah. he's discovering these things through her. And yeah, he purchased her partly because she is what she is, right? A very rare magical being. Yeah. 
but also because he saw something in her that touched him, even though he didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. He, he wanted to know her. And that's what this is, is them getting to know each other. And, okay. you know, the end of season one is, is very, um, it's both happy and sad together. It's, it's a really well done piece um, where she finally has ceased to want to die. Mm. Okay. Yep. I had to the list. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's it. I'll shut up now. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. That, that was great. That was awesome. Uh, got me some. Got me something needed to watch for for the next couple of uh, uh, anime bins. Uh, how about you, Miss Goldsmith? Are we are we still dabbling in the wonderful world of Chris Martin and and? Dad, God, I always forget his Chris name. Martin, Martin Short, Steve, Steve Martin, Martin, Steve Martin. Sorry, Martin Short, Steve, and Martin Gomez. Short and Selena Gomez. Yeah, Martin right, Short. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I, I finished that season. It was good. It was really good. Great, 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 yeah. great. Highly okay. recommend. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I haven't really watched much of anything else. I um. I started a new series to read, which is Mother of Learning. And it's a very well-known Royal Road success story. Um, it's, I guess you could say it's lit RPG, but I'm not really... I don't think it is. I, I think it's a little more just fantasy. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And it's kind of a time loop. It's a Groundhog Day situation. Oh, um, how fun. In a magic school. Which... I was about to say, a fantasy of Groundhog... Yeah, I've never heard of a... Usually when you hear of time loops and stuff, it's usually either based in real, the real world, but I've never heard of one being based in a fantasy scenario. Time loops are getting more and more popular these days with, with fantasy, I think. Um, Interesting, okay. Yeah, yeah, but this one, um, it has a ton of critical acclaim, so I had to check it out. So far, I'm not sure I'm falling in love with it yet, but it's an interesting premise. It's well written. It does feel a little bit like Harry Potter fanfic. Um, but it's not Harry Potter. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's yeah, it's got my interest so far, but I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to be raving about it or not. We'll see. Are, are, you still this, are you still in the first book? Yeah, first book. I'm, I'm like probably about 40% through the first book. Um, yeah, I mean, so basically the main character, he's in the third year at a magic school and, you know, he, um, he's not really a friendly guy. That's part of the problem. I'm kind of like, I'm not really sure I'm liking this character too much. So Uh much like Groundhog Day, he's probably like a little more Bill Murray-ish where he's, he could use some improvement as a person. Gotcha. Um, and there's another student who's like got all the everything, you know, he's like, the superstar da 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 and it turns out he's actually 17 years older than everyone else because he's in a time loop and so (laughs) that sucks yeah so he looks you know he looks he's just been repeating this the first month of his third year over and over and over and over for 17 years so how old is he he's like in his 30s or something yeah but he's stuck in the body of a right Right, like oh a, like no, 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 not that year. Not, no. <laughs> oh, that's this, this is a no, this is a, 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 a this is a time loop. This is a this is a story of tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's what's it's a little funny. Yeah, so it's like 
so this so this guy the main character gets accidentally sucked into the time loop and so now he is starting to repeat everything but he hasn't told the other guy yet that he's the other guy has no clue and so every time it resets each of them are doing things that cause little things to change and they don't know which one of the other one is doing it and uh <laughs> and so and they don't know what caused the time loop it seems like some kind of evil magic mm. um possibly a lich put a curse on on the main on, on the other guy and the and the main character of the story got caught up in it but um but the superstar guy who's like yeah you know like i'm just awesome in every way possible he's only awesome because he's been repeating his his the last month for 17 years right <laughs> <laughs> well I remember how how bill murray was like at the very tail end of like groundhog day he was a freaking boss and and any any thing that he wanted to do and stuff because someone actually, someone actually found out how long it would have taken him to master all those skill sets. Uh, apparently, he was in that time loop for over a hundred years. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I still love the line from that movie. It goes, "I goes, I think I'm a god. You think you're god? No, not the god. I think it's just a god." <laughs> yeah, that was such a good movie. I it was. Movie. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Definitely still sets the standard for time loop. Right. Yes. Yeah. For certain. <laughs> yeah. So if if this is if this is but the thing is, how I, I've heard about I, I've never heard of an ongoing series based on so so is this gonna be the premise for all books? Because well, that's, that's I the, believe no, I believe this this so from what I've heard, and I don't know yet because I'm just starting it out, but I've heard that it's come to an end. It's it's a fully encapsulated story. Like I said, it's got a lot of acclaim. People are raving about it. People say it's amazing, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. I have high hopes. Um, usually where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, but then again, maybe it's just not for me. Maybe maybe it's just not quite my up my alley. But Because yeah. I do have trouble with like a character I don't like. I tend to not mm-hmm. connect as well with right. the story. Yeah. Um, however, like I said, this one has room for improvement. Um, the character, like it, it, it does seem self-aware. You know, like there's there's this thing where the the superstar guy is like, you know, in all the other resets, you've been a real jerk to everyone, including me. And you know, and the character's like, really? I wouldn't be a jerk, you know. And you're like, hmm. really? Yeah, 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 guy? yeah. You know, guy? yeah. I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, I kind of believe him. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> so it's kind of like he's starting to become aware that he's a jerk basically you know like like the guy has been has alerted him and he's like well you know you seem better this time around so you know mm. if you want i'll teach you some battle magic um and so he's starting to like you know come out of his jerkness and make new friends so that's kind of cool okay all right yeah. all right may, may, maybe by the time you you get to the end of the book you're like okay Maybe a jerk, but you've gotten more tolerable, and maybe it's showing that this is the start of the cracking of the egg. Yeah, and there's also a lot of like kind of good like room for growth and mystery. Like we mm-hmm. don't know why this time loop started. There's a lot of peripheral characters that have potential, and it's like it could be any one of them to blame or possibly some other person is in the time loop with them he, he's beginning to suspect there's a third person um so 
you know, and then it's like, there's, there's all kinds of like weird, mysterious characters. So you're like, well, you know, that teacher seems a little suspicious and I don't know that, that other student ha- looks like they have some secrets. Um, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I like, I like it when they have, when there are stories that are always making go, mm, wait, no, you, you, wait, no, you. Everyone right. Right. Sus. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They have pretty strong personalities. So you're okay. like, mm, I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> and and do, do you know how many books there are in the series altogether? I didn't look. Okay. Oh, okay. I go in blind. Yeah. Going in blind. There you go. There yeah. you go. That's how you do it. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Well. Well. Let. Well. Keep us up to date and let let us know what your final conclusion of uh, the first book is. Yeah, be. and I when I should say if I haven't said it before, I finished the sixth book of Dungeon Crawler Carl, and okay. thumbs up. I recommend, up. I recommend this series by Matt Dinneman, Dungeon Crawler Carl. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. And that is lit RPG. And it's, it's kind of like Rick and Morty humor. It's kind of, it's, it's a little dark and cynical humor with like all kinds of weird aliens. Um, yeah, that sounds best, perfect. The best <laughs> character. There's a few characters in that one. But yeah, like, like I'd say the best, one of the best characters is that there's a talking Persian cat that's been to a lot of cat shows. And um, she thinks a lot of herself, and she's been uplifted by the aliens. Well, so, she's a cat, so there's that. So of course, yeah, exactly. So, she, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, that goes so without she, saying. She basically thinks that, like, I mean, she's she's like, you know, I'm number one in the dungeon, and like, no one's gonna take my spot. And she's just she's just a sassy cat. Um, but anyway, it, it's funny. Like, like it's it's a little bit of a buddy cop thing with with this cat and Dungeon Crawler Carl. So pretty fun okay that sounds pretty fun yeah you you had me at it sounds it, it reads like a rick and morty show so yeah <laughs> awesome yeah good deal well, what about you mr e what have you been up to on the night front uh so yeah so i, I finished as well uh only murders in the building which is a very funny show highly recommend it it's got a lot of good humor in it um I've started watching season two, uh, Our Flag Means Death, which is very dry humor. It's by uh, uh, Takiti Watiti. Um, basically, it's about this. I was yeah. going to ask you if it was British. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of. It, it, so it's like the main character is it takes place, you know, during, uh, you know, colonial times, you know, pirate pirating when pirates are like, you know, the huge. Right. Yeah. Um, so the main character just is like he was like, I think, a merchant's like from the merchant family, very rich. Gets bored of his life one day, leaves and becomes a pirate, and he becomes a gentleman pirate, where he like he like treats his crew very nicely, very dainty. Doesn't know really how to be a pilot. Pirate runs into Blackbeard, who wants to who is played by Takiti Watiti, wants to and Blackbeard wants to get into high society. So they make an agreement where he will teach um, he will teach uh, Steed S T E D E, who's the gentleman pirate, how to be a pirate, and Steed in return will teach Blackbeard how to be a gentleman. And it's just really funny because, you know, they like, you know, they start each teach them how to do different things. And it just gets they have like play off each other really well. It's it's a really goofy uh, series, very dry humor. Like some of it, some of it is very dry humor. Like the first season, there's some hit or miss jokes. Second season has really picked up. It's pretty I, my brother and I are really enjoying it. We, we find it pretty funny. Um, let's see. Uh been uh started watching again the uh banished from the hero party um 
banished from the hero party, so decided to live quietly in the country, you know, because uh, the second season is about to come out for that. Uh, so I've been enjoying that. But the series I really want to talk about that I, I really have fallen in love with for the fall season is called uh, 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 Ferd. Let's see. Uh, Fr- I think it's like Fred- Fredder Beyond Journey's End. Um, it's on Crunchyroll. And it, it's I, I really enjoy this because it starts off where the hero party has already defeated the Demon Lord. And the one of the main character is named uh, 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 Freder, Freder, or uh, it's she's uh, an elf. Freeran, thank Freeran. you, Freeran. Yeah, yeah, Freeran. Her the main character's name is Freeran, and uh, she's an elf who lives a very long time. And to, like they take a ten year journey, and, and as she puts it, ten years isn't even like isn't even a like I think she said it's not even one tenth of her lifespan. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, so and it, it kind of it mixes in a little bit of like survivor's guilt with. Um, with her general curiosity of because she kind of it's not really a spoiler because it's part of the uh the explanation is that she meets back up with her friends about 50 years after they defeat the demon lord and one of them dies like from old age and she realizes she goes i really didn't know that person as well as i should have and her other two friends one who's a dwarf who lives a very long time as well and one who's a human they kind of encourage her to try to take another journey to help her discover more about like humanity and kind of discover more um, what she wants in life. Cause she's basically just kind of roams. So she like, you know, as she talks about like the, like she meets up the dwarf again and she goes, Oh, Hey friend. And he goes, it's been 30 years. She goes, so it's been 30 years. And he's like, and he's like, well, he's like, all right, that's a fair point. Cause he lives along. He's along with species as well. So she has a human apprentice who again, to her, like when, like um, when the uh, I, I forgot her name again. Sorry, when the elf Freeran. mage when Freeran, thank you. When Freeran just like she decides she wants to do something, to her one or two years is like nothing. And the you know the human girl's like, hey Freeran, two years to me is a lot. Can can, can we move on? I understand. I understand to you this is something important, but You're to me this is a lot. Interested, but I'm kind of over it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, yeah. A, I'm, a, I'm a time clock man. <laughs> so, so like I said, so it's kind of interesting from that point of view is because you know she she always is like she's you know Fern just does things at kind of her own pace because again to her, she has a really long lifespan so she doesn't really grasp the concept of a year is a long time. You know, to yeah. her a year is like to her like I, I think I mentioned you guys in, the, in my text that to her a year is like a day. Um, you know, a decade is like a month and, you know, about 50 years to her is like, is, you know, probably maybe a year or two. So she doesn't really grasp that concept of how, you know, how every other species kind of disappears mm-hmm. uh, through old age. So like I said, it's, it's very interesting. I'm really enjoying it because part of what I love about it is, is that uh, Freerin kind of has this little bit of survivor's guilt where the people she cares about are dying from old age and she realizes she did not know them. And so it's this kind of guilt that she didn't know them. And now she wants to understand humanity. That's part of the reason why she took a human apprentice. So she could try to understand humanity a little better. Um, And as she puts it, she doesn't really like magic. She just has a hobby of picking magic up. And she has all these very odd spells, which as the story goes on, you find out why she has all these very odd spells. These freaking Um, elves. Yeah. Privilege. Elf, elf, <laughs> elf privilege, like first world privilege, is elf privilege. Oh yeah, I, I I can wield all this magic. I can I I have an infinite life. Blah, blah, blah. Yes, like I said, it, it's very Woe enjoyable. <laughs> it's it's very enjoyable. It's only six episodes so far. Um, yeah, can't I, watch I'm, it. 
Yeah, I know. I know you can't. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, if Scott, if Scott ever got the itch, you know, like I, I really enjoy it. I think it's a really good story. I have um, the same so struggle that, that Raph does, that I hesitate to watch a series that hasn't least reached its season mark. Yeah, okay. Um, because I'm really bad at watching it one episode a week. Episode. Okay. Yeah. I'm a child of the digital age in that sense. I <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, ru- it ruined yeah. me. it's ruined me. Yeah. Like I said, that that's one I'm super enjoying. I, I'm it's one I look forward to coming out every I think it comes out every Thursday. So it's one I always look yeah. forward to watching because it like I said, the story is just absolutely great. Uh, I absolutely lucky, accept your recommendation and will watch it as soon as the as yeah. Absolutely. I was about to say if we're lucky, hopefully it's a thirteen episode season. So we can yeah. watch it then. But if it's one of those twenty four hour stretches and <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay, well, I guess we'll revisit this around summer. <laughs> yeah. I say that's one of the reasons why I really like it is because of that, just because of uh, the characters. Like, again, you know, you know, just her interaction of, you know, of looking and seeing these humans and kind of like, oh, I was here because, well, wow, I was here, you know, 40 years ago. Huh. Oh, wait, you're that little kid I met before. Wow. Now I recognize you. And so it's like, like you know, again, she just doesn't grasp that thing. That's part of the joy, the part of the things I like. And then part of the, the that human element of being like, Master, can we please move on? You know, this is, we really should move on. I, you know, I don't, I can't live as long as you, I want to, I want to see the world too. So like I said, I, I enjoy it. Um, the other one I've been watching is uh, Kenshin, you know, Ronnie Kenshin. I think they're doing a 24 episode run because they're on episode 15 of it. Um, and it's, they're getting in, they've been doing some, I don't, I don't know if it's original manga story or just original story, but it's actually been, I've been really enjoying it. The fight scenes have been beautiful. The story has been really good. Um, Another one I, I recommend uh, as soon as it gets done, you guys watch because uh, it's, you know, just a really fun show. You know, um, I was a little iffy when I initially heard that they were doing a remake of it because I was like, oh, why, why don't 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 fall into that Hollywood trap where you feel like you have to remake everything. But then when I saw the the quality of the animation, I was like, you know what? Looking back at the original series, it's definitely showing its age. So in this sense, and 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 the other thing, a lot of anime um, stays closer to the manga material, so it's probably not going to be a straight retelling of every single aspect of it. They're probably yeah. they're going to have their like, their own like interpretation. Of, well, not own interpretation of it, but it's they not might have their be, own arcs. They, yeah, they might yeah. have their own separate arcs. Yeah, right. So so for that end, so when I saw, I was like, okay, you know what? When what once that's once that first season is out, I'm definitely I'm like, gonna give it a look. Yeah, because I mean, the I tried doing that too. I tried to go back to rewatch the original Kenshin. I was like, yeah, it's great, but it's really hard to watch this animation. You know, the, you know, especially you've seen other sword fighting ones. Kenshin's yeah. fighting. You know, they show me he's a little stiff. This one they have him more fluid. He's you know, and and one thing I really love is if he ever loses a sword, he gets into like a combat stance, and it's like. That's how a samurai would act. It wouldn't be just like, oh, no, I lost my sword. No, Kenshin's like, hey, I don't have a sword. I don't care. I can still take you on. Hmm. So, like I said, it's, it's been very enjoyable. Um, it, it's beautiful to watch this new animation, and, and I'm really happy that new generation can get introduced to Kenshin uh, and see him. Um, so, other than that, you know, just more. I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV. been playing some Armored Core. Or was that uh, back, by been, the way? Uh, that was at, uh, sorry, that was Crunchy. Both of them were Crunchyroll. Crunchy Tension was Crunchyroll. Um, and the uh, Beyond Journey's End is Crunchyroll as well. Um, so the only one is that romance one that is on um, 
uh, Netflix, which I haven't gotten back to yet because I, mm-hmm. I think they just finished. That was when I wanted to wait for the end of the season so I could power through it. It actually won, I think, best romance and best uh, character romance in uh, the Tokyo Awards for anime. So mm-hmm. that, that's when I want to get back to watching because it's it's been I've been hearing a lot of buzz about it. So I want to get back to watching that one. That's on Netflix, which is uh, I believe it's called My Happy Marriage. Um, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you watch it, Scott? Yes, I did. Oh, did you like it? Because I, I watched like the first, I think, four episodes of it. And I, I was enjoying it. Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that pause was like, uh, you had yeah. me on the edge of my seat. was like, mm. yeah. oh, no. Okay. Oh, I, I not only enjoyed it, I enjoyed it a lot. Okay. Um, okay. That, yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to getting back into that one. Let's have a conversation about it when you when you get there. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I plan to I plan to by the next one have it uh, watched. Again, since they just, I think it was maybe a week or two ago, they got to the 12th episode, maybe three weeks ago, but yeah, so I have watched them through, I think, episode 10 or 11 because they were yeah, weekly. S- still doing it. And and I caught up to where it was at at the time and, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, like I said, I did the first four. I was like, okay, I really like this, but I, I can't do week to week on this one. I want to see the whole story because kind of like Angie Magnus Bride, she has that very low self-opinion of herself. And, you know, it's just like, I need to impress my future husband. And I was like, and he's just like awkward trying to figure out how to, work with her well exactly right and part of the thing is similar she has she believes she has no power she's been told she has no power but not only does she have power she has rare power yeah yeah i, I got that from extraordinary the extraordinary uh, rare from the power. summary yeah that's one of the reasons why i liked it because it makes it, it's romance with with supernatural involved so she yeah um, so she's caught up yeah. both in this romance with this guy who allegedly you know throws away brides left and right and uh, it turns out that's not the truth he's just a very stiff human uh an emotionally reserved guy um and then she's been rejected by her family treated like uh you know the second wife didn't like her and so treated her right like uh like uh, Like yeah 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 um and then as she starts to discover herself and finally you know discover a world where she has a place it's a very interesting story yeah so that's what i'm looking forward to getting back to uh the last one i'm watching is more just a guilty pleasure one i'm not going to recommend it to you or or raf i don't think you guys would like it i more find it funny it's called um i fell in love with the villainess so it's basically this where this female worker basically works herself to death and gets reborn into her favorite dating sim where you're not supposed to try to go after the villainess you're supposed to go after the guys and she's more interested in the villainess because she's in love with her. Um, but it actually does have a really interesting um, conversation. They just in the sixth episode, they one of the characters kind of brings up they go, "Hey, are, are you actually you know gay?" And she goes, "I don't really look at it that way. I look at it that I really love this person. The people I've always fallen in love with because I've said I've loved them have run away. So the fact that I'm kind of here, I can proclaim my love for this person, and she's not going to run away. And I don't want that relationship to change. So she goes, even though I figured that this you know villainess is straight." As long as I can be near this person, I'm happy. So, it, like I said, it's it's an interesting story so far, but it, it has a lot of comedy, a lot of kind of goofy antics. So, like I said, I, I don't recommend it to you or Raph. I much more find it as a guilty pleasure, funny, funny one to watch. <laughs> oh, Pixie. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> 
I'm, I'm going to move on for Scott's sake. <laughs> Please, go ahead. I figured out the one that I watched that I couldn't remember. Oh. Which is it? It's on Netflix. It, it wasn't showing up my history, which is what confused me. Called Goodnight World. Or Goodnight World. Um, it's playing off the idea that the first program everyone writes is Hello World. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this is the other end of that. Good night, world. Oh, God. The, the last one they program or the last program um, ever written? And that's kind of the shtick. Is it's, it's a VR where VR world has become encompassing. And it's about this family, this incredibly dysfunctional family that cannot stand each other's presence in real life but somehow accidentally have dis- have found each other's characters in this virtual world and formed a new family. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A, a devoted, wow. highly <laughs> thoughtful and caring family, and it's all the same people who can't stand each other in real life, but somehow because they were able to role play into who they wanted to be versus who they were... <laughs> Um, I'm going to my virtual family. Let me tell you about my dumb sister. Wait, I have a dumb brother. (laughs) Yeah, in this case, it was, you know, mom left. uh, Dad's still here, but he's a driven, angry uh, programmer who, it turns out, was the guy who actually wrote the program that is this virtualized world. Uh, And then it ends up being a story about AIs and conquest and uh, this and that and the other thing. So it's about a four-layer story. It's really interesting. Um. It has the goodbye world. Yeah. Goodbye. Okay. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night world. Okay. And it's, yeah, it just came out like a week ago on, on Netflix. I saw the, you know, I got the notification, saw it and said, yeah, okay, why not? And watched it. Um, it's, it's dark. It's angry. Um, it's, it's, it treads a line of nihilism that can you worry that they're going to wake up and it was all a dream for the entire yeah. story because once you go a layer deep into a into uh, virtuality the inception fear comes back and that tension was with me the entire time I watched it fortunately that does not happen but something close enough to it does. And the characters are dark and angry enough that in the end you can like it or not like it. Um, but it was at least interesting. And, and I found that uh, worthwhile. So intellectually I appreciated, it, even if emotionally I found it vaguely unsatisfying. Uh, so for what it's worth. Okay. That sounds. And you said that was on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Well, I recently just uh, opened up my Netflix account again, so uh, I'll have to add that one to the list. One of many. It is very dark, very violent. Um, but is speaking of relationships and whatnot else, it, it plays some interesting things. Because when you're in a virtual world with AIs and you don't know who's a player character and who's an AI, relationships can form. Hmm. Because that's how good the AI is. Mm, okay. Gotcha. Uh, so, yeah, there's some interesting subtexts going on there that are they're a lot of fun. Very 
pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for the recommendation. So what have I been up to since the last meetup? Um, nothing too different on the gaming front. Um, still playing Starfield. Um, definitely enjoying that one. Um, I did start a new playthrough just because I realized that there are multiple ways to play this game because there's a new game plus that you can do and usually when you do a new game plus everything starts over but this is but there's a game and sometimes when you go down the rabbit hole of Bethesda game you may not really want to start all over so i made a playthrough where i was like okay this is this is the this is the character where i'm just going to level up and get as many powers as possible become op and then this character playthrough is the one where i'm just going to live my bethesda world and play in the sandbox that is starfield and 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 build ships and build companies and 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 get as much money and stuff like that and and just really dive into like all that is a you know all that the game has to offer uh so yeah um what else has I done? I did watch uh, Disney's Peter Pan and Wendy. That's the live action version of Peter Pan. It was okay. I it was yeah. It was okay. It was it was okay. <laughs> I felt I for for me I felt that they so, sometimes it's like if the will is a broke, don't fix it, and they try to modernize the story of Peter Pan to match today's audience. I'm like, there's, it's a a little on the nose. I'm just like, you don't need to quote unquote modernize it. Just tell the story that kid children have been enjoying for what? uh, Over a century now, like well over a century now, like wasn't it written in the 1800s? So we're almost at 200 years now. So, so I have a question for you because my I can't remember if it was you or my coworker watched it, and um, I like and you just told me about my coworkers and they said that one of the biggest problems they had with it is they said normally they don't mind you know shows but they really don't like the wokeism and they said one of the things they really did not like was that they basically it's always been Peter Pan kind of as the hero where they were really pushing in this one Wendy being the main hero. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it sounds so bad when you describe it like that, but yeah, but but yeah, it was just so. I I think it was just so on your nose. It was like, look, we have we, we have a girl hero. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's fine and everything, but she it doesn't have to. See, I see. I haven't seen it, but I can't just be Wendy being the hero just because it's Wendy. Why is the fact that she's a girl? What does that have to do with anything? How he described it was that Wendy takes the main hero role with Peter Pan being kind of the background. He was very, yeah, it was. He, you really got the vibe that he was in a very big supporting role. And he said that that was his problem. He goes, It's always Peter Pan. If it's Peter Pan and Wendy, Peter Pan is generally the hero. Wendy being a hero is fine, but. He didn't like that Wendy was the main hero with Peter Pan as the support hero. Yeah. It was just, again, it was like one of those things. It's like, well, well, you don't need to reinvent the wheel and, and change stuff. And 
and uh, they changed the relationship with between him and Captain Hook. I, I, I won't say too much about it, but I was just like, I was like, uh, that's why, 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 why do you have to? Why can't but Captain Hook just be? Well, and this sounds weird, but why can't he just be the bad guy? <laughs> you know, we all we always like, uh, uh, you know, uh, champion like uh, these well-rounded characters who is not like just black and white. But in this instance, that's what that's what Captain Hook is known for. He is just that he's just that solid villain who's just bad for the sake of being bad, and that's okay. He doesn't. Well, I- I think you have villains and then you have when you try too hard to try to make the villain too complicated or too, you try like, what, what is it? Uh, the, the new Mockingjay movie come out. I was like, you build up three books making snow, this bad guy. And now you're trying to kind of redeem him by making him a hero in his own story. I'm like, it, it's like, I, I get you're trying to add some depth to this character, but why, why he, he's a villain? You, you're, I don't get why you're trying to sympathize with them, make people want to yeah. sympathize. Yeah, they really want you to sympathize with Captain Hook's story. I'm like, I don't have to sympathize with Captain Hook. It's Captain Hook. <laughs> Maybe if you know what? Maybe had this been, had they called this anything but Peter Pan? Maybe I would have looked at it differently. But the fact that they used that IP. I just felt like they weren't respecting the source material. That's going on a lot. I think it's because Hollywood keeps not wanting to take risks on new IP. So they're just using the same IP over and over and over. And the writers are bored with it. So they're trying to inject some new life into it. Yeah. You know, know, and, and to Raph's point though, some stories don't need to be updated. They don't. Yeah. I I was just ready to watch uh, the live action version of Peter Pan because, well, that story's been told, like I said, for close to 200 years now, and it hasn't had to be changed since then. So why why now that it's 2023, does, does, why does Hollywood feel like it has to be told in a different way? Uh, it's like well, but going a, back to what Abby says, like they have to, you know. Yeah. There's a conversation to be had about um, there's a word I don't recall what it is, but where you try to recast, where you try to correct the social cultural flaws of the past, so you retell the story but correctly, quote unquote. And I, d- I don't like that. I don't. Leave the story yeah, that's why. Yeah, right. Yeah. And discuss it and make a different one if you want. And we can compare and contrast. But don't try to reimagine a well-told story correctly. Uh, in yeah. My just, it's, it's an interesting thing that happens a lot. It's a very, very remake. interesting conversation because it's just like, so I'm well, curious well, about the Kenshin remake is if they, if they kept it cleaned the anime yeah well i wish they hadn't done that to wheel of time which didn't even get a good first adaptation so they just went ahead and ripped it ripped it into it right away yeah yeah 
Yeah. And then, like I said, I think the thing that really got me was just like they were really want, it was almost like they wanted a pat on the back for this. I'm like, guys, you're being so obvious. They were going for this. social I'm cred, like, not entertainment. Yeah, value. yeah. 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 They want the street cred for it. I was like, guys, it's this Peter Pan, man. Just, just, why can't it just be a Peter Pan movie? <laughs> Uh, but I don't know. Maybe I'm asking. Because Peter Pan as a story transcends its time. It does because it's a it, universal story. Think, okay, I think that's what it is. I think that's what I was trying to say. But you you hit it right there on on, on the nail, Scott. It's like it it doesn't need a retelling. It doesn't need to be modernized. Like when you see right. when, when when you look at the classic uh, version of or, or the Disney version of, of Peter Pan. Uh, yeah, yeah, they they did some Disney stuff to it. I mean, that's what Disney does to all their stuff. But at the end of the day, it was still Peter Pan. And if you look at like like uh, if you look at the which one was the the, the play that uh, the, the oh musical, yeah 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 I mean that 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 was still Peter Pan even to that time. It, it, there you don't see them. I think like they need to reinvent the wheel and stuff. They, I would you say don't that, see them trying to shape it to fit like that period. It, it's still Peter Pan because again, it, that that story just it it, it transcends like that, like any period. It's just a good story on its own merit. Yeah, I would say probably if I the most successful one, if you want, that it tried to kind of not really rewrite but honor the source material and add to it was Hook for that because they mm. did such a good job where you're like, Hey, this mm. is Peter Pan. I here in the Peter Pan world. I feel like you're respecting the Peter Pan story, but you're adding to it. Yeah. And it's, I, and it's one that, for I me, love it. it was a sequel to Peter Pan. No yeah. one says a bus about it. Well, well I, I will say in that one, imagination, but it was thoughtful within the frame. It wasn't yeah. recast. Yes. And, and I will say at some points you actually did feel for Hook. Like in some points in that movie, you kind of felt for Hook in some periods of like, you know, where they mentioned you're just a lonely old man and he tries to bond. You get for the wrong reasons. He was trying to bond with Peter's kid, but he eventually really did kind of tell care for the kid. You know, Hook did. He wanted the kid to be his. Um, in my opinion, at least. That, that was what I got from it. Other people might got I different. got the bond that he just wanted the kid to be his just so he yeah. could rub it in Peter's face. Peter's face, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like I said, that was one where I felt that was probably the best if you're trying to do a retelling of a story, in a sense, where, where Hook did a good job of showing the past, but also carrying that forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, yeah. It, it, and again, if, if you... I always say this on their episodes when I butcher a show or a movie, but if you guys liked it, I, I I'm so so happy that you enjoyed it. So so, it, for any of these shows that we're like, eh, that wasn't for me. I, I I can't recommend. You know, Eric was even like he can't recommend that one show to to me, Scott. But hey, if that's up your alley, more power to you, man. En- enjoy what you enjoy. But yeah. for me, it, I was, it, it, I I was a really big fan. I, I really love the story of <laughs> yeah i really love the story of 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 peter pan so i was yeah. like oh man just, just just some things are better left alone but anyway moving on what else was there i did start watching oh and this was a rare case because i broke my rule i started watching zom 100 bucket list of the dead um it's only 
it, it's still running. Uh, so I was only able to watch up to nine uh, episodes, but I watched all of them when one sitting. The, the anime episodes. or the live action version? The anime. And that, that did win Best Comedy at uh, Tokyo Awards. I can... Hmm. Well, I haven't watched too many anime comedies, so sure, why not? I was laughing hysterically at certain scenes. The way that I would describe it, I, I is this is pretty much the anime version of Zombieland. Um, uh, and if you, you're if anyone's not familiar with Zombieland, pretty much uh, it follows this guy who's pretty much living his best life in the zombie apocalypse. Now, it's not like scene for scene that they uh, this takes place in Tokyo and it follows uh, this young man named Akira. And he this, the story or the opening starts off with him uh, being three years into his career. And it is not the job that he it's not the career path that he was expecting it to be. He was bright eyed and very excited going straight out of college into what he thought was his dream job. But three years in, he's pretty much living a life like a zombie, which is you know, ironic enough. But then, uh, the long story short, and this is no spoiler, the, uh, ap- the zombie apocalypse happens. And the very first thing that comes to mind is like, wait, does this mean I don't have to go to work anymore? <laughs> so, and so he's like, oh, okay, say less. I, I'm in heaven right now. So he he joins a band or, or a band of misfits end up joining him along the way. One's his best friend from college. Another one is this chick who is the complete opposite of him. Uh, she grew up with uh, she grew up with uh, a father, a very business oriented father. So she's like, um, he's living, he's living, but she is surviving. So while he, uh, one of good best contrasts that I can see is like he would go to the store to. Hey, grab some snacks, like grab some beers and some skills and stuff. She, on the other hand, she's going to grab water, maybe some, uh, just the fundamental things to survive. So she might be surviving the apocalypse, but she's not really living within the apocalypse. And so you see a, 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 a life exchange of, of, uh, different ideals because of that and then the last episode i left was uh they recently came upon a a a german girl who was she was visiting uh uh, japan because uh she really uh, likes the culture and it just so happens by the time she gets there she is stuck in the apocalypse and it's 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 really really fun um there are some scenes that's like oh wow um this isn't funny anymore. They they do they do not shy away from the fact it's like, well, okay, it's funny, but still it is they're zombies and there there is a bad tragedy. But the underlying the, the underlying thing behind it is is like, hey, people are just here to or or, or at least with Akira, he he's just living his best life. For me, they honestly could have titled this anime, I'd rather get eaten by a zombie. And leave it at that because that is that's I mean that's his theme that's his overall motive like whenever 
Uh, and Zalman Hundred is based on this bucket list. He has a bucket list of things that he wants to do now that he has all this time. And whenever he's hesitant about that, it's like, wait a minute. I have to at least try because if trying is not living. And I was like, I'd rather try at least. Otherwise, I, I'm not living. So I'd be better off getting eaten by a zombie. So I, I I think it's really cool. Um, it's really fun. Again, it's only uh, as of this epic as of this episode, it's only nine episodes in. But if if you're one of those brave souls who can stomach waiting a week for each episode, then, then have at it. But <laughs> so is it a bucket list item of the week thing, so that you don't require a hard continuity, no. or is it a no, 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 no. story? Um. Well, uh, there is. You, you do have to watch each and every episode because, um, especially since other characters get introduced along the way, it's not like they all show up at the very beginning. Like like the German girl, she didn't show up until like the last episode and stuff. And, and so e- even though there's a list of things, it's not like each episode is is following a specific bucket list and stuff. Like the, there's a couple of things that go along the way. It seems like the main premise of this season is he wants to get back home to, because he grew up on the outskirts of Tokyo. He wants to get back home to his parents uh, to see if they're okay. Um, but beyond that, uh, Scott, I would, you, you should just wait for the season. <laughs> and if that's what you're trying to ask, I was like, yeah. That's kind of the question, yeah, is is if I really anticipate what's happening next because this is an ongoing story versus, you know, the Alien of the Week effect or the Zombie of the Week effect. No. Okay. Just wait. Just wait. Because that's what I'm going to do from here on out. I was like, okay, I got my fix. I'm good. And I'm just going to wait for the remaining episodes to come out and then I'll I'll be good. But yeah, definitely. Still, Still put it on the list, but like but wait for it to come out, uh, the whole thing. Um, oh, and uh, I did actually end up watching the first season of Banished from the Heroes Party, so I decided to live a quiet life on the countryside via Eric's recommendation. I enjoyed it. It was it was fun. It was... Um, whenever I thought that it was about to go that way, that typical anime trope way, it decided not to and i was eternally grateful for it so there are a couple of uh aspects was like i was like okay this isn't gonna be one of those shows where like every single girl ends up falling hopelessly in love with the one guy is it and i was like nope 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 that that's not the case and uh there's this yeah right thank god and then uh there's there's this hint to uh romantic interest between like this guy and this girl and i'm like oh my god you don't drag this out please don't let this be the core aspect of this entire anime just get it over with i think i think at one point where i got uh, i I was watching with eric and 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 his wife i was like guys just go ahead and get it over with get a freaking room and um long story short they ended up getting a freaking room like four episodes in so i was like okay great moving on but the overall premise is uh, it was um uh this guy he it turns out that he 
has low self-esteem at the end of the day. He's a he's a vile and it's not like he's all oh woe is me, I'm no good or anything like that, but he just underval he really undervalues his worth to this party. And and because well there's even though it's not it's not a lit RPG, but there are like RPG elements to it, like because like you can level up in this world. And he's maxed out his skill trait, his his basic skill set as a guardian, and he can't go any further than that. And because of that, everyone else is leveling beyond that. But since he he can't do the same, he felt like he's being a hindrance. Which was and hmm? Ban- banished from the hero party, so I decided to live a quiet life in the country. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So one of the people in the party pretty much gets in his ear and verifies those assumptions that he has about himself. So he's like, okay, you know what? Well, I'm going to remove myself from the equation because the team doesn't need me. And long story short, uh, the team really desperately did, yeah, need him. He was like the heart of the team. Yeah, and, he was the and emotional like, center. I've, I've seen this one. That's why I was uh, – sorry. Yeah. Okay. I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I I really really liked it, and and it was just the uh, the first season came out. I was like, okay, well, it sounds like that there's gonna be another season coming out. But for what it's worth, I'll they have one full one for me to watch. So yeah, I'll go ahead and, and well, check it out, and I'm looking forward to seeing where the story takes it with that. But yeah, it's it's a really cool premise. So I love the concept of the blessings. Like I love that it's not the hero's blessing; it's the hero's curse. Um. Well, especially with his sister. Oh my with god! With his sister, yeah. Because I mean, like I said, I, I love the blessing concept where he, as he explains it, like you know, you can have a noble who might get the thief blessing, which means they're not going to start stealing. They might try killing people, and it's not really their fault. It's the compulsion. It's a compulsive. blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I was like, I really love that idea. I love that idea that these, you know, abilities that are you know, the lit RPG is like, oh yes, I have a, I have this amazing ability. It's like no, people are actually fierce on these abilities because they get compulsions which changes their personality yeah. so it's like i love that idea i, I was that, that i loved and one of the things i do appreciate is the fact that he because there's this this child in the series that is coming into his own uh blessing and he's fearful of what it means and to him he's since he's lived this life of like solitude peace he's come to realize that it's like you know what my my blessing is not what defines me. And you see that tragedy with a lot of the other characters in the anime because for them, the blessing is them. That is what defines them as our being. That is their sole purpose. It's like, I cannot deter from this. And for him, he's like, well, I mean, sure. I mean, that's a part of you. And, but just because it's a part of you does not mean that you that you have to bend to every single aspect of it and i think it's really interesting because like this uh shows uh a lot of people who who are really kind of thrown off and dumbfounded by this man who who thinks that way it's like how can you think that when 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 you when with with, with your role and stuff and I, I think that's one of the fortunate blessings of him, like actually kind of stepping back from that life of a hero and, and being able to just, you know, enjoy the quiet life on the countryside as it would be. But that 
I think covers everything that we've done on the nerdy side of things in the past two weeks. So we are going to go ahead and wrap it up. And next time we will be picking up where we left off with our latest story about nerds segment with uh, me at the helm. So definitely looking forward to that. But whatever the case, folks, uh, if you want to check us out with another chat, another nerdy chat episode, we will have that a month from now. But two weeks from now, we'll be doing our story about nerds segment. But if you like our story about nerds segment or our nerdy chat episodes, be sure to give us a like, a heart, thumbs up, stars. Oh, whatever positive outlet to the source of this podcast, where it does iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, etc., etc. You get the idea. But folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the Stories from Earth Podcast. Hey, I'm Raphael and Jordan. Y'all keep thinking big out like a level. This is Scott, Abby, and Eric signing off. So, Mr. Scott, what is going to be the final send-off to our listeners? Is it crazy or is it genius? Nah, it's just crazy. Oh, I was just gonna say yes, the answer is always gonna be yes. <laughs> Crazy genius. Why can't it be both? It could be. Nah, it's just all <laughs>